Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MuTech Teacher Talk podcast. This podcast is a part of the MutechTeacherNet.com, a website dedicated to advocating, supporting, and inspiring creativity in teachers and students through music technology. I am your host and founder of MuTech TeacherNet, Keith Jones. I currently teach music technology courses at McConnell Middle School in Gwinnett County, Georgia, just outside of the metro Atlanta area. In addition to the website and podcast, I also have a blog at www.mutechteachernetblog.com and our Mutech TeacherNet channel on YouTube that you can subscribe to. And if that isn't enough, you can also stay in touch with us on Facebook at Mutech TeacherNet, and our Twitter handle is at Mutech TeachNet. Please like and share, and always feel free to leave some comments and let us know how we are doing or what you would like to learn more about. This podcast is from one of our most popular posts on the Mutech TeacherNet blog and is entitled, The Problem with Music Tech Teachers. The longer that I teach music technology to my middle school students, the more amazed I am at what they are able to create when I'm able to get out of their way. The difficulty in creating an environment that encourages and cultivates creating is breaking down the barriers to creation. In my experience, most of those barriers are created by the teacher. In order to overcome these challenges, I believe that those of us who are teaching music technology have to allow a radical shift in the paradigm of how we have traditionally approached teaching. Let me explain. Most of us who earn music education degrees come from a performance model of music education. We take courses in music theory, history, pedagogy, education, philosophy, and psychology. But essentially, we are being prepared to teach students how to perform on their instruments or with their voices. Most of the theory and ear training courses that we take are for the purpose of analyzing more so than composing music. Sure, we produce and complete part writing assignments, but again, the primary purpose of those exercises is to assess our understanding of the theory. A composition class doesn't have the same purpose as, per se, a music theory class, or even an arranging class. I acknowledge that we teach some aspects of music theory, history, and etc. in our band, chorus, and orchestra classes, but for the most part, that content is only a part of the means we use to get us to the end of producing performers. Music technology curricula are relatively new where they exist in our secondary schools across the nation. Those of us who are teaching these music technology courses with traditional music ed degrees have not been trained in the pedagogy of teaching music technology. What we know about music technology, we have likely learned on our own, not from a professor of education. The consequence is that when we get a chance to teach a music technology class, We take what we have learned on our own about technology and approach instruction from the perspective of our educational training and experience, which is performance. We are comfortable teaching technique and expression, but not necessarily creation. Some may argue that we teach creativity in our performance classes, but I don't know that I agree. We teach students how to interpret a composer's intent and how to perform expressively, but that is not necessarily creative especially when they are following dynamics written on their parts. Even when they do shape a phrase or perform some change in dynamics or articulation that is not indicated in the score, it's usually because the conductor told them to. Directing them to play expressively is not asking them to be independently creative.
Another issue with music performance teachers transitioning to the music technology classroom is in our own comfort levels with the environment of the two different classrooms. A primary goal of any ensemble performance class is to get everyone in the ensemble to do the same thing at the same time. While I realize that this is a gross generalization and simplification of the process, it is more or less accurate. While we may teach expression, it's generally not individual expression, but group expression. We want everyone expressing the same way and the same time. And there's nothing wrong with this. This is actually an essential part of creating a musically cohesive ensemble performance. When you walk into a band, chorus, or orchestra rehearsal area, it will ideally be a scene where every performer is focused, attentive, and waiting to follow the leadership of the conductor. We music educators love order and control. A music technology class is pretty much exactly the opposite. As a colleague once told me when I was seeking some advice about starting my music technology class, get ready to embrace the chaos. Now, back to my original point. What usually happens when a music educator takes over a music technology class is we start teaching the way we were taught to teach or how we were taught ourselves. A performance-based music educator tends to start with and focus on technique and theory, analyze, perform, while a composer or creator would typically start with a musical idea and then expand and develop that idea into a larger work. In other words, creating. Yes, you have to teach some of the technique of how to use the technology tool and some basics of music theory, but my process is to show them enough to know how the tool works and then get out of the way as quickly as possible and let them explore. For example, in my class, a student might ask, hey, Mr. Jones, what happens if I click this button or turn this knob? My response typically is, well, I don't know. Why don't you click it or turn it? Let's see what happens. Now, could you imagine teaching a beginning band class where you show them how to put the instrument together, how to hold it correctly, a basic armature, and then saying, okay, everyone, just start experimenting and see what kind of sounds you can create. Use your imagination. Chaos. But that is exactly what you want to do in a music technology class. Teach them how the tool works, then let them experiment, explore, and create sounds. In other words, let them play with it. I focus on listening with my students. I'll ask them, do you hear a sound in your head? Can you recreate that sound using the technology? Experiment making sounds with the tool. If you hear something that you like, do it again. If you created something that you didn't like, then just delete it and try it again. Finding those ideas that you don't like are just as important because it's through that process of experimenting and digging through the things that you don't like that we discover the things that we really do like. As I put my lessons together, I use the five elements of music, rhythm, melody, harmony, form, and expression as a scaffolding to build my lessons around. The process is one where I show them how to use a tool to create one of those elements, then get out of their way and let them experiment, explore, and create. For example, I may be working on a lesson about melody. So we'll talk about melody and what makes up a melody, you know, contours of melody, how melodies go up, how melodies go down. And then I'll show them how to use their synthesizer. So for example, what I may do with my synthesizers that are 
uh, I'll take a whiteboard marker and I'll number uh, on their keyboard uh, from C to G and number each key one, two, three, four, five. So I may tell them that I want them to experiment uh, creating a melody just using the five fingers on the right hand and using those five numbers. So we'll talk about how they could move to adjacent notes uh, or how they might be able to skip fingers. Uh, but I give them time just to explore. And then as they go through and I give them time to come up with a melody that they like or a mel melodic idea that they like, then they'll go back and record that into their doll. And once they record that into their doll, then there are other digital tools that they may be able to use, such as quantizing the melody to make sure that the rhythms are accurate and that sort of thing. But the real purpose of it, the important thing, is that they're experimenting in creating these melodies, just playing the instrument. Then I will pull them back together and show them another technique or tool, and then send them out to create on their own again. I basically repeat this process over and over. Each time I pull them back, I put in another tool in their toolbox, or I show them another pathway to explore. But the goal is always to create. Adam Patrick Bell explains this clearly in his book, Dawn of the Doll, when he writes, The overarching aim of do-it-yourself recording, or music technology, is to make music with a doll as opposed to learn how to operate one. I think this is a great point. So many times in our music technology classes, we get wrapped up in just teaching them how to use the doll, how to record. What button do you click to do this? How do you click and drag? How do you split? Now, please understand me. When I say this, I'm not saying that teaching those things aren't important. They are. As a matter of fact, teaching those things is essential. But those are the means that we're using to get them to the ends of learning how to create and learning how to make music. And I think that's a really important distinction to make. Now, many students really struggle with the process early on. They've been programmed to believe that the key to success in school is to get the correct answer as quickly as possible and avoid wrong answers. Wrong is bad, right is good. A lot of my students just want to know what the right answer is. What do I want them to give me? I often tell them that the right answer is whatever they want it to be. The only wrong answer really is no answer. So when I ask them, for example, if we're using a step entry method and the assignment is create a two-measure rhythmic pattern that can be used with the drums. The assignment is to create a rhythmic pattern that's two measures long. That's eight counts. And a lot of times the students will create something and they'll say, well, I don't like this. Well, the assignment wasn't to make a two-measure rhythmic pattern that you love, but to make a two-measure rhythmic pattern. Just to get them creating is important. Once they can get that comfortable creating, just getting ideas down, then they can work to go back and learn how they can edit their ideas, how they can add things, how they can change things, and gradually shape it into something that they really like and that they want to share with someone. But the biggest hurdle is to just get them to create, make something. And for the most part, anything they make, I'm going to be emphasizing the positives and what they did. This is fantastic. I love this melody. How did you do this? 
anything to encourage them with what they did. Because if I can get them comfortable just creating and developing ideas and getting those ideas into the computer, then they can expand on that to use the editing tools, to use the revision process, to go back and, again, to add things, to shape it, and to make it better. That's the big thing, is just to get them to create. And so often, we want to approach what we teach as a recipe or a list of directions, step one, step two, step three, where sometimes I think it's really important just to let them go out there and play, experiment, explore, create. Now, when we first start with this, it sort of kind of blows their mind. But once they get the hang of it, they love it. And they really only get upset when I have to stop them because I'm going to show them another tool or some other pathway to explore. For the most part, I'm there to help guide them or to facilitate learning. Sometimes if they get lost in the weeds or when they kind of reach a dead end, I'll go in there to help get them unstuck, to redirect them or to, you know, show them, uh, you know, a tool that they forgot perhaps where to find it or what to click on. But in the end, the learning is in the creating. As I come to the end of this podcast, it's important for me to point out that all these problems that I've pointed out are problems and mistakes that I've made myself with the title of the podcast, The Problem with Music Technology Teachers. I'm one of those music technology teachers. I came from a background of performance. So please understand what I'm trying to do here is really help others learn through the mistakes that I made to maybe bring a perspective that took me a while to come to through trial and error that hopefully I can maybe save some people some time from so much trial and error and getting to the point of just teaching the music technology. I'd like to use another quote from Adam Patrick Bell's book, The Dawn of the Doll, to close this episode. He writes, Music education needs to espouse the processes of recording as opposed to the products of recording. That's something to think about and kind of roll it around in your head and see what you come up with. But I don't know that I could have said it better myself. So now, go out there, embrace the chaos, and let your students amaze you. I promise if we just get out of the way, they will. Thank you once again for listening to the Mutech Teacher Talk podcast. I would encourage you to sign up to become a member of the MutechTeacherNet.com website that is full of resources, lesson plans, links, and other great materials for music technology teachers and students. Also, subscribe to my blog at www. MutechTeacherNetBlog.com, the YouTube page by searching Mutech TeacherNet, and make sure to like and share us on Facebook. Our Twitter handle is at MutechTeachNet. This is the Music Technology Teacher Network. Advocate, support, inspire, create.